those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word of God upon which we base our message this morning on this 11th Sunday after Pentecost is the gospel for this day. You heard it read before in Matthew chapter 15. I recall just these words. Woman, you have strong faith. What you wanted will be done for you. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, the miracle worker who worked the greatest miracle of all for you and for me, the forgiveness of sins, my beloved. So, for those of you who were here last week, you recognized that I wasn't. And the reason that I wasn't here is because I answered, my wife and I answered an invitation, a long-standing invitation, to meet with my three brothers and my sisters-in-law for our annual get-together at my brother's lake cottage in, uh, at Forest Lake, uh, northern Kettle Moraine. And you weren't invited. Just this past week, uh, my son uh, extended an invitation for us to celebrate one of my granddaughter's birthday, and she'll be the grand old age of 10. And you're not invited. You see, both of those events are very exclusive for brothers and sisters-in-law only, and for a birthday party, just close family. I think you recognize that exclusiveness is something that we all live with. It's a reality of everyday life. Many country clubs are exclusive, if for no other means uh, the cost of membership. High school cheerleading squads are exclusive by nature. In order to make the uh, cheerleading team, you have to have a certain level of of uh, gymnastic athletic ability. You have to be the right age, the right size, the right weight. And that leaves me out. And then there are the sororities and the fraternities of college campuses. The workplace sometimes is exclusive. You're not a member of a certain clique of your office group. We're downsizing for economic reasons, and you're not in. We're only keeping a few people. Believe it or not, the United States of America is exclusive. You have to be a citizen in order to have permanent residency. If you are not born here, then there is a specific process that you have to go through. Otherwise, you will continue to remain a foreigner or an outsider. Believe it or not, once upon a time, God's visible earthly church was exclusive also. And if you were not a member, and if you were not one of God's chosen race of people, then you were an outsider. And that's the central significance of the words before us this morning. It recounts Jesus facing off with a Canaanite woman. She was non-Jewish. She was an outsider, but she wanted in. 
And because of her grace, great faith, Jesus had mercy on her. Well, that was then, and this is now. God's church today, you know, every time we have to talk about the church, we always have to talk about the church capital C and the church small C. The church capital C is the invisible church, the family of believers, wherever they may be, in whatever denomination who hold to believe in the triune God, Jesus and Jesus Christ is the only way to eternal life in heaven. Then on earth here, we also have visible Christian churches, beautiful Savior, Lutheran Church, 3205 North 85th Street. The Christian church today, according to God's command, is no longer exclusive. It is inclusive. Jesus gave us his personal command and his commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. God, our Savior, will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. God invites everyone from every corner of the earth to become a member of his family of believers and heirs of eternal life in heaven. Even though God's church today remains very inclusive in all of its activity, membership, even today, is what it has always been by invitation only. In other words, you can't buy your way into God's kingdom, and there are no tickets for sale. The invitations are all for free because they were purchased for you by the blood of Jesus Christ. God calls us into membership by the invitation of the Holy Gospel. We are called to come. Entrance is so easy. All you have to do is accept the invitation, believe, and be saved. And the only ones who are excluded are the ones who reject the invitation. And so let's for a moment just go back in time and review the beginnings of God's visible church on earth. And remember that God's church was first brought into existence to complete God's plan that he already issued to Adam and Eve when he told, Eve, when he told the, uh, the serpent, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and hers. It will bruise your head. And you will strike his heel. And so it was, according to God's plan, known only to him, 2,000 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, God invited the very first member into his church. And it was by invitation only, he came to Abraham. And paraphrasing it very quickly, he said, Abraham, I want you to come out of the Ur of the Chaldees to a land that I will show you. See, it's kind of interesting. Whenever God extends his invitation to us, he always asks us to come away from some other place to be near him. So it was that God told Abraham that he was going to make him a great nation, and through him and his seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. That was a very exclusive invitation. God revealed himself to Abraham and to his wife and to no one else. Now God, in his grace, passed that invitation down to Abraham's son and to his grandson, Jacob. And if you remember your Bible history, Jacob had 12 sons, one of whom was a fellow by the name of Joseph. And he became second in command to the king of all of Egypt. 
when there was a big famine in the world. And so God extended through Joseph another invitation to Jacob and his sons and his family and said, come on down, come out of there, come on down to Egypt where you'll have protection and safety and food. After 400 years, God extended another invitation to his family who had grown to be a million and a half people. He said, now it's time to come out, come out of Egypt. Now you come up to a land that I'm going to show you, a land flowing with milk and honey. And in that land, God's people became a great nation under Kings David and King Solomon. But after a while, they turned their attention to idols and away from the Lord God. And so he sent them into captivity for 70 years. But after 70 years, in God's mercy and according to his plan, he said, Come out! Now it's time to come back to your homeland. And there it was, in the fullness of time, that Jesus was born. All those years pre pre previously, an exclusive church made up of an exclusive race. Jesus Christ was one, by the way, a Jew. And finally, at the age of 32, while traveling up northwest in the Israel, land of Israel, probably to get away for a while, he walked out of the house where he was staying, only to find a woman kneeling before him to say, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. She was a Canaanite. She was not a Jew. She was an outsider, and she knew it. But that was not going to deter her. She needed help because her daughter was possessed by a demon. And she recognized Jesus not only just as a miracle worker, but as her Savior. Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. It's kind of interesting that we do not know who or how this Canaanite woman came to know about Jesus to believe in him but that she truly understood who he was is shown us by the dialogue here Jesus said I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel it is not right to take the children's food and toss it throw it to the dogs now Jesus wasn't talking about a stray or a mongrel or a, uh, a cur he was talking about a lap dog a little pet and he was saying it's not right you know when you have your children eating for them to feed their pets. But the woman was not going to be deterred. Oh, yes, she said, Lord, but you know at the table the dogs all get some scraps too. Jesus said, woman, you have great faith. She trusted in her Savior, and so an outsider gained entrance into God's family of believers the only way possible by the acceptance of the invitation to believe and be saved. The Canaanite woman, you know, is just like you and me. Because at one time, we were outsiders too. We are all by nature sinful and unclean. We gain entrance into God's kingdom only by his invitation. Come to me! All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. In baptism, God calls us out of the world of unbelief and says, Come to me. 
Come to me, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Give ear and come to me, hear me, and that your soul may live. In the sacrament this morning, Jesus is saying, come. You're all invited. Everything is all ready. Through his holy word, he increases our faith. Come and see the place where he lay. And my all-time favorite, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord in Isaiah. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. All forgiven. You are no longer excluded. Entrance and inclusion into God's family is by invitation only. No merit on your part. And so you are now included into God's family. You are now an insider. Now you know who you really are. Now you have your identity. St. Paul reminds us this morning in some of the words in, uh, in between the two readings from Romans chapter 11. He says that we're grafted branches. We were like wild olive trees, but he grafted us into God's family. We're transplants. We're adopted children, previously children of the devil, now adopted. God gives us his name. You are pardoned. In the epistle for this morning, it says that God had mercy on us. He pardoned us. He did not kill us for our crimes, but he let, uh, let us live. Most of all, you and I are immigrants. We're in God's kingdom only by amnesty. Not born there, invited by his grace. No longer outsiders, now included. And as insiders, our mission as members of God's church is to extend that same invitation to all nations. As we have been invited, so extend the invitation to all nations. I had to look it up. The next Olympic is Olympic Games, Summer Games, are in 2020 in T Tokyo, Japan. For those of you who have been around for a little while, you know how that uh, Olympic Games always starts with that gala event where everybody enters the stadium. All different people, all different countries, all nations, all skin colors carrying their different flags saying we're going to lay all of our differences aside a little while for that athletic competition. So many different ones, yet all invited. What a sad commentary on humanity this last week brought into our United States in Charlottesville. Citizens clashing with fellow citizens over racial prejudices and biases. And I'm sure that as you looked at it, you probably said something like I did, what can we do about it? We got to get more armed police force in there. Maybe the National Guard, and I'll tell you, if you get it in there, you might stop the violence, but you aren't going to stop the hatred There's only really two things I think that we can do as members of God's kingdom. One is to pray 
and not underestimate the power of prayer. And the other thing is the gospel. Now, either neither one of those things is going to cause instantaneous rectification. But only when people's hearts are changed through God's word can there be any hope of long-lasting peace. What does God's word say? As St. Paul was preaching to the Athenians, he said, from one man, Adam, from one man, God has made every nation of humanity to live all over the earth. You know, the more that you really think about it, the more you have to say, different races, different people, different nations, we're really not all that different. We're pretty much the same. Because according to God's word, we're all members of the same race, the human race. We all have the same common denominators. We're all sinners. We're all going to die. We're all doomed to death if not rescued by the Lord Jesus Christ. We all have one and the same need, a Savior. Lord, have mercy on us. God is now using you and me as grafted members of his church to extend the invitation to all nations. And as we do so, God is encouraging us and commanding us to be inclusionary in everything that we do, as he was to us. And what do we need to do? Why, it's obvious. Jesus said, teach all nations. But how to do it is most difficult. The ultimate challenge facing God's church today is how to be faithful to the mission of the church. And we must not intentionally or unintentionally or inadvertently send any signals that membership in Christ's church is exclusive, limited to a certain skin color, economic bracket, or cultural heritage. how we go about this is the challenge facing the church. But in thanksgiving to God, such is the challenge that the church faces day after day. Extending the invitation to believe in Jesus Christ and to be saved. And so I'll have to say as I conclude this morning, I'm sorry that you have not been invited to my granddaughter's birthday. But I will have to tell you that, you know, it's not such a big deal because it's all sort of a temporary thing. You know, you get together, eat some good food, have some birthday cake, blow out the candle, sing happy birthday, the whole deal, and then it's all over. But you have an invitation to a great, great better event, and it's not the 2020 Olympics. It's to Jerusalem in heaven where Jesus is waiting to welcome you to the feast and the great banquet and the unending family reunion. And it's by invitation only. But there's still time to take the invitation and pass it on. And you see, that's what the church is really all about. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. 
The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. <laughs> 